This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Agency for Agents, a podcast for real estate team leaders and independent brokerage owners looking to maximize profits, effectiveness, and gain freedom for their team and business. Your hosts, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon, have been running one of the most successful real estate teams in the Seattle area for more than eight years. They know building a winning team means finding ways to empower, nurture, train, and develop individual agents to discover their own power, their own agency. On the podcast, Christine and Aaron interview thought leaders in real estate and personal growth to help you impact both your performance and your teams. We know it takes a lot, and leaders and brokers that crack that code reap the rewards of success greater than any they could ever achieve on their own. So let's just get started with, you know, I think you had a really interesting path coming on as a personal assistant. So why don't you just take us through your path into real estate from where you started to where you're at now. And I can ask questions from there. So I started as a personal assistant for a broker. I want to say it was eight years ago now. So I was in college and I was kind of just doing it on the side. I had no interest in getting licensed at that point. And then I became the director of agent services at Keller Williams because I was already working in that office and the position came up where I did a lot of the onboarding for new agents and I did all their marketing in the office. And then I actually left that. I did interior design and I was working in the New York Design Center in Manhattan and I got laid off during COVID. So I was like, you know what, let me go back to my roots in real estate. It was booming two years ago. You know, I got in right in the thick of it and it went really well. I sold almost 10 million my first year. And um, I had a lot of agents kind of just reaching out to me saying, what were you doing to sell so much your first year? Because a lot of those agents, they were three years in or four years in and they were struggling. Like they didn't sell that much combined in three years. So they just wanted to kind of learn what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I don't have the time to sit there. Like as much as I want to sit there and teach them, like you have to get compensated at some point because it's your, it's your time. Yeah. So I, I accidentally developed a team (laughs) because it just kind of happened. You know, that wasn't my intention, but after about a year, I had eight agents um, and now I'm with EXP Realty. So I became a mentor. You need to hit certain qualifications to get to that point. So I have like a curriculum that I go over with the new agents and I do like a weekly mentorship meeting. I do a weekly team meeting. The difference between the two is really like marketing and collaboration on more extensive things and some leads. That's with the team. The mentorship is really just teaching them the basics. The contract. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm an EXP icon agent too and mentor someone as well. So it's perfect. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's good. And um, it, it's going 
great so far. I did have to change my team structure a couple of times. I think a lot of it is really trial and error. Yeah. And everyone has a completely different process for it. So that's why I think it's great that you're doing a podcast on this topic because every team leader you speak to has a different system. And yep. I'm always curious to learn what other people are doing as well. But when I started my team, I know you only asked me one question and I'm probably answering the next. It's call. really great because you're asking, <laughs> you're answering the next set of questions that I would ask, which is, I want to know, tell me about the structure of your team. You know, where have you landed or what things did you try that didn't work? And then where did you land? When or where I, are you at now? Because you're always evolving. So, yes. When I started, like I said, I kind of just had agents reaching out to me asking what I was doing. And my strong point is marketing and social media marketing. So when I first developed the team, I was like, I don't really want to like pocket money from them. Like that wasn't my intention. I just felt like if we were growing, we sh- if we grow together, we grow faster. So I was only taking 10% from those agents just as like a pool of marketing. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I was really doing with that. And then obviously... That didn't last very long because of all the time involved in the trainings and all the other things we were going over. And just once there were leads involved, that's expensive, you know? So, and honestly, like I could get a lead and go close it myself and make a hundred percent commission because I'm a capper or I could give it to them and then only make a percentage of that. And obviously at 10%, that wasn't attainable. So that, that lasted a few months. They were all new agents. No one was really closing anything yet. And then once everyone was pushed into production. I was like, okay, we have to change the system here. So it started off as a pool of marketing with a tiny commission split just to kind of help us grow in brands. Mm -hmm. And now I have a self-organized, I started a self-organized at eXp. Now we're a standard team. So the minimum standard team at eXp is a 25% split. I have them on a tiered system where it starts at 40% to the team you get bumped to 30% and then bumped to 25, depending on the amount of deals you closed the previous year. And I feel like that just motivates people more to sell, to get that to that next level. Because yep. if you don't have a certain goal or number of transactions in mind, mm-hmm. you kind of get lost in what you're doing. So I feel like that has been super effective so far and really pushing those agents to be like, okay, I need to close five this year to get to the next level and then 10 to get to the next level. And that's, what's been working. Um, so far. Great. How do you and is that your tier? I want to unpack some stuff. There. Yeah. Keep going. So just where you're at now. So clearly the 10% thing is unsustainable. Yes. Right. That's never going to happen for anybody. And yeah. so is it, are the tiers five, 10, 15? So my tiers are the first level where you're on a 40% split to the team. Those are people in the mentorship program. You know, they're newer agents. They closed zero to three transactions the previous year. So they're on a 40% split until they sell five homes. Okay. And that that 40%, that's for buy or sell? Yes. And they get the mentorship, right? Real handholding for the contract writing. And the, you know, for those of you not in EXP listening, you know, the mentorship in EXP really is require handholding, make sure that there really is someone making sure those contracts are solid. And, and then they get the coaching, the sort of, this is how you talk to a FISBO. This is how you talk to expire. This is where your leads could be coming from that kind of thing, right? That's not mentoring. That's just with your team. Yeah. Yeah. It's more business than real estate. I feel like the mentorship is like the nitty gritty real estate, the stuff right. you 
it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. More business oriented, how to get business, how to market yourself and all those additional things that'll help you. And I definitely want to do it a little deeper into your background, social media and and marketing, because that's, I can't learn enough about that. I can't, I can never get too much information. (laughs) So, so now you're on 40% and for the 40% or the 30 or the 20 to the team. So they're getting 60, 70 and 80 or 60, 70, 75. Yes. At five deals and then 10 deals, they get it the next year. So if they're on deal 12, if they do have a breakdown, they do deal 12 in one year. Are they on the higher split or do you wait till the next calendar year? So I do it on like a case by case basis because it really depends on how much attention they need. And it's really it's different for every single person. Everyone works differently. Some people are more hands on. Some people are more hands off. And like I said, it's, it's really time consuming with some people more than others. So it depends on the person. Great. Totally get it. And that's everything you're saying is relatively stand not standard. Not everyone has that split. You know, our team is seven. 14, 21, after 21 deals, you're on an 80, 20. So not everyone has the same numbers, but the case by case and the, that 40, 50, 60, 40, 60, 70, that splits, not that is what it takes, especially if you have a, you know, a high performing agent. Yeah. Right. Do they get a CRM with you? Do you just use KV core? What are you using for CRM? Use KV core. I think that it's just a really great system compared to the ones that I had at previous companies that I was working for. And it really does everything that it needs to do. So we use KV core. We have Vulcan seven, which is where we get like our FISBOs, our expireds, and um, just a whole database of, of, you know, leads. And that's covered by the team. That's covered by you. Yeah. So the team split includes paying for things like that. In addition to marketing mentorship and um, like if they get a listing, it covers the photography and all the additional marketing for the listings. Fabulous. Yeah. We have a separate split for just so you know, just because I know you wanted to know it's working. Our splits are 10% higher to the team on listings than they are on buys. That's interesting. Yeah. Because the team pays for staging, yeah, staging photos and everything. And if the listing doesn't sell for some reason, which hasn't happened in a few years, but looks like it could be happening again, you know, the agent's not out the money. Right. No, that's really smart. There's no no out-of-pocket expenses to work with buyers, you know, besides gas. (laughs) Which is not nothing now. um, That's right. That's right. The agent's not risking anything. So they get 10% more for a buyer than, you know, the team's not risking anything. Right. The team doesn't have any expenses for that. And so the team can afford to give 10% more for buyers. Just right. something to, at any rate, that's just the way we work that out. But other than that, it's the same. Now, talk to me about your, so you've got eight agents now with you? Uh, Yeah, seven now. Seven. seven, there's eight in you. And are they, do, do they do both listings and buyers? They do. Some obviously find their niche that they're working with. Like some of them like doing rentals. They run with rentals. Some of them, that's mostly our part-time agents. We have two that are part-time. So it's just easier for them to do rentals. It's a quick close. You don't have to wait three months, four months in New York to close something. It's a crazy amount of time. Um, Is that right? Is that what it is in New York? Three months? Yeah. No, it takes three months for a residential co-ops condos is like four to five. Really? Yeah. What's, so, what's that about? 
everything just takes longer here. I think because we have attorneys instead of, you know, the agents doing the contracts. So there's an extra middleman, then the title company is additional. Like there's just so many more moving parts. And I think the banks just also take longer here for whatever reason. So it takes a while to get your ROI back. And that's another thing, like with the marketing for listings, like you don't see that money for a couple months, you know, there's a lot of out of pocket expenses. What were we talking about? Because now I got off track. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the number of agents that you have on your team. and oh, you so, Yes, I have two that focus on rentals. I have one that really wants to focus on getting more listings, especially after seeing you know the market that we've been yeah. in where listings are selling so quickly and we're starting to shift out of that. But uh, the majority of the rest are buyers. Yeah, nice. Excellent. And do you meet with them on a regular basis as a group individually? Do you have group classes? Tell me about the training structure you got. So for those new agents that are in the mentorship group, I do that once a week for an hour. We'll have a different topic. We have like a calendar laid out. And then for the team meetings, we do the same thing once a week. So if you're in the mentorship group also, we're meeting two times a week in a group setting. Most of the time it's on Zoom, but I like to do at least once a month that's in person because I feel like it just gives that community feel. You know, people get tired of seeing half of a person's body this big every week. So <laughs> you gotta make sure they still have pants. So that's for sure. <laughs> And then um, for new agents, I also do one-on-one calls um, after 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Like I give them a checklist of everything they should be doing for that first month, second month, third month. And then we do check-in calls at the end of that just to make sure they're on track and they're, you know, jumpstarting their business by taking the suggested checklist of things that they should be doing. And then I'll do one-on-one social media evaluations with everyone on the team once a month as well. Great. Well, that was my next thing. So talk to me about what your, you know, the guideposts for social media, what's important, what's not important, what platforms, you know, I mean, everyone's screaming about, you got to be on TikTok or uh, reels (laughs) or, you know, cut through it. What do you tell your agents? If you're not on there, you really don't exist. Like if you think about people that you went to high school with or college with and you don't follow them on social media, you have no idea where they are, where they live, who they're talking to, what they're doing, because you're not in front of their face. You're not seeing them constantly. So like the people that are on social media have a huge advantage and it's free marketing. And I feel like it's something that everyone really needs to take advantage of. And you should try to be on as many platforms as possible. I kind of blew up a little bit on TikTok during the pandemic. I started it as a joke, you know, just to scroll through. It was funny. And then they just started like taking off like the real estate videos. So once they added reels on Instagram, I was like, this is great because now I could take the same video, put it on TikTok, put it on Instagram. If it doesn't perform well on one, there's a higher chance it'll perform better on the other. And you only do the work one time to have it posted in two places. And I think Instagram really started favoring reels over regular posts. Mm -hmm. So now you see everyone doing reels because that's what's working. And it kind of replaced doing like 30 hashtags on every post and, you know, looking for trending songs. Now, like the algorithm, it changes every day. TikTok keeps changing theirs as well. But at the end of the day, if you do a video and it goes viral and it works, keep replicating that in a different way, shape or form. You know, I did videos that was like, this is what you can buy 
for $300,000 in various states across the US. And I would go through Zillow for what was available for $300,000 and I would just show different states. And that's what people wanted to see in, during COVID because everyone was looking mm -hmm. to relocate. You know, So I would do a video, one week it would be 300,000, one week would be 500,000. Those videos got like 5 million views on them. Really? That was what worked for and me. Those are, and those are 60 second reels. Yeah. They were pretty short. I try to keep it as short as possible because now that reels are so much shorter than like YouTube videos, people's attention span shortens. <laughs> so now like if you keep it as short and sweet as you can, like under 30 seconds, I think those definitely perform better than anything that that's longer. I so that is so my problem. Yeah. I got nothing to say in 30 seconds. <laughs> Just, well, you know what you have to do? You have to keep shortening subcategories. Like if you want to talk about interest rates, talk about how it affects buyers in one video and sellers in another video, instead of trying to, right. you know. I know. It's funny, you know, there's, I don't know who said it, but like if you, I could give an hour talk right now, if you wanted me to talk for 15 minutes, I would need a week to prepare. And it's really is like that. If you're going to say something in 30 seconds, you've, you got to think it through beforehand that I'm, I'm bad at that. I resist that. It's not, I'm not bad at it. I just don't like to do it. And therefore I don't do it. And then I it get just, to complain you can do it because if you could do it in 60 minutes, you can shorten it to 15 seconds. It just needs more preparation. Like you have to start bullet pointing and right. then just, and then each bullet point is a real sentence. That's it. <laughs> You're going to have to chop it down. All right. Well, this is going to motivate me to do that, Grace, and I'll send it to you. Try it. I'm going to follow Once you. You can follow me and you can start yelling at me if I don't do yes. it. Yes. Once you do one video and it goes viral, you're like, okay, this works. And yeah. then it motivates you to keep doing it. Great. And so when you do uh, the audit for your team, are you just going through? And and then so, you know, right now you're talking about Reels and TikTok. I'm older by more than a skosh here. And this sounds so funny to say this out loud, but my people are on Facebook um, <laughs> and, and they are. I mean, that's really where I have Instagram a little bit, but mostly Facebook is where my bread and butter is. Do you steer people toward particular platforms or is it more their niche? Have them, is it more niche specific? Easy for me. Yeah, I, you're a hundred percent right. There's a slightly different target audience on every platform. Like TikTok is obviously going to be the youngest generation. So you might get more rental leads from something like that. I get a ton of people looking for rentals on Facebook because it's a little bit of an older demographic. It's a lot more sellers. So yes. like when we have a listing and we do property boost through KV core, which is great, by the way, it runs Facebook ads, boosting that property. And we promote all our listings on there. We try to be in every real estate Facebook group, every neighborhood group. And we post our listings on there. Like we're always looking, if someone posts, they're looking for a rental, like be the first one to respond. And you get so many leads just through Facebook groups like that. Right. So definitely, like I said, the more platforms you're on, the better for people that focus on first time home buyers, Instagram might be a little bit better to hit that target audience. And for people that focus on listings, Facebook is a little bit better, but as long as you're posting on all of them actively, you're never kind of eliminating anyone. Great. That's fabulous. Excellent. And then Grace, when you, you know, when we connected or when our people connected or whatever, however this, we got, you know, <laughs> on the show, is there anything that you wanted me to ask? Is there anything that you wanted to promote or anything you want to talk to people about that I haven't asked? 
I do have a social media marketing company. So my team is Modern Approach Realtors. And then we have Modern Approach Marketing, where we do like full-time social media for other agents. Mm -hmm. We have agents in all different states that we work with. And I usually do like the immediate consultation with them to see what their goals are, what channels they want to focus on. And then I have a few social media managers in place that work on the content creation and hashtags and posting. And we give you real topics because you, we can't post reels for you if you want to be in them, but we'll give you a certain amount of topics. So you have a direct script for once a week to get those reels out there. So you still have to be a little hands-on if you want it to work, but for the most part, we take care of all of it for you. Fabulous. And that's modern, modern approach marketing, modern approach marketing. Okay, great. I'm sure they can find you on social media people. Yes, we're there. (laughs) Savvy enough to do that. Fabulous. Okay, good. Anything else, anything about the New York market, about what you're seeing happening now? Anything you want to tell us about that? It's still crazy. I think it definitely has calmed down. It's funny because like Queens, Brooklyn, the boroughs have calmed down a little bit in terms of like a more neutral market compared Mm -hmm. to everything get 20 offers in one weekend. We're not seeing that anymore in Queens and Brooklyn. But then you drive 10 minutes out to Long Island And like my buyers keep getting beat out on these offers that I'm calling the listing agent. I'm like, just tell me what we have to do to get this house. And like 20 offers overnight, like we're still seeing it on Long Island. And I think we're seeing a shift of people after the pandemic, like from Manhattan, they were moving to Brooklyn, Brooklyn, they were moving to Queens, Queens is moving to Long Island, like everyone's slowly drifting further away from the city. And um, a lot of all cash buyers because of that, because they're selling and then relocating and the houses, as you go further away from the city, are a little cheaper. So all of the first-time home buyers are really getting beat out by all-cash offers. Got it. Yeah, well, that's how it was out here for sure. It's definitely cooled off on this coast. Very cool. All right, and then, Grace, what are you reading? I always want to know what people are reading. I want to get new ideas. You know what? I have um, Listing Boss by Hoss Pratt. He is uh-huh. with EXP as well, and he is in my upline. And I read that book like four times front to back. And I think it's just jam packed with good information on like how to get listings, how to market them. And, you know, I'm all about marketing. So that's what I'm working on now. I recently read Natalie Workman, who works for Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote the book Teamwork, and it's all about structuring teams and how to fire people and when to fire people and just how to make your vision and your mission stronger. So you're attracting the right people. And that was a really great book to read as well. Fabulous. Yeah. That thing with firing people is such a bear on a team, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And especially, you know, given they're all independent contractors. So if it's a little bit, look, if they were a salaried person, it's easier to get, okay, I'm not paying you anymore. But if they're independent contractor and they're not sucking a lot of energy, you know, if they're not demanding a lot of resources, do you really let them go? But we have found that you can't build a culture of top performers by letting non-performers stay, even if they're not taking any resources, just having them show up on the calls is a energy suck. It really does. Lower what it, is, it really drains the energy from the people that are super motivated because they're like, okay, this one's doing a half-ass job. You know, they're working full-time. They're doing this because it's fun once a week. And then you right. have other people that like really want to build the same vision that you want to build in the same type of business. And it's hard 
that's the crazy part about real estate is that you can have a team with people that are on so many different levels and it's so hard to keep everyone the same motivated and same mm-hmm. accountability for each one when everyone is so all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a, it's a bear. So that's great. So it's a great recommendation for a book. Grace, I really, it's great to meet you. I love meeting EXP agents from other parts of the country because we're on the same team and I really do appreciate your time. And uh, I will definitely be looking for you on social so we can follow each other and I can learn. I'll see you there. I'm going to copy all your stuff. (laughs) Well, it was so good. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Abundant Life Podcast. Brought to you by Christine and Company and EXP Realty, the global online brokerage powered by top agents and cutting edge technology. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Your hosts have been award-winning brokers, Christine Andreessen and Aaron Hendon. For more on them, visit christineandcompany.com.